I'm Richard Pyatt. Today we're with Roger Furwarn, president of AE Tech Design. We're talking about six solutions to common C-suite tech mistakes. Could your company be making some of these? Hi, Roger. Well, hello, Richard. Uh, you know, one of the things that we find all too often with organizations is that the senior leadership is afraid of what they don't understand. Sure. And that's true of every organization. It's true of, of AE Tech Design. You know, there are certain areas that I feel comfortable in and there's other areas that I don't feel as comfortable in. And guess what? Those areas <laughs> you tend to shy away from. Right. And because of that, because senior leadership often doesn't feel as comfortable about technology because they don't understand it to the same degree, uh, they tend to shy away from it. There are always exceptions to that rule, but I find that all too often is kept at arm's length. Oftentimes technology is actually under another portion of an organization, um, some sort of other key senior leadership role because they don't want technology at the table. Hmm. And because they're not at the table, guess what? A lot of decisions are made without technology being considered the same way as if you had a strong leadership role at the table. Yeah, and so it's easy to leave those folks out. It really is. And because they're left out, all too often we, we work with organizations that haven't done the right kind of planning and oftentimes implement projects without ever talking to the technology first. Wow. And that's super problematic. We get contacted all too often with projects where they're like, yes, we went to implement this new software. They got sold something. The salesperson was great. They, they really kind of didn't present all the challenges they would have, but all of the awesome new features they would have with this new software or technology in their organization. And because of that, all too often what happens is they br finally bring technology to the table and they're like, wait a second, in order to make this happen, guess what now has to happen? Then there's frustration. Mm -hmm. What do you mean we can't implement it? I thought we could do this. All of those types of things are the types of conversations that happen and they happen too often. Yeah, that sounds scary, actually. You've made an investment, a sizable one in a lot of cases. Now you're ready to begin the process of using it and realize there's more complications to it. Yeah, you know, I think that's one of the things that we we see. There's this butting of heads oftentimes because uh, senior leadership, as they should, they're trying to drive the organization forward. But Unlike 20 years ago, when technology was only a small piece of driving an organization forward, now it is one of the centermost pieces. And if technology isn't properly represented, if technology isn't properly understood, the and if there's not somebody to translate it from tech speak to everyday normal understanding about technology, that translation doesn't happen. Guess what? All of a sudden, you have this you know, project that is indefinite. And we, we've seen it. We've seen it in large fortune size companies all the mm. way down to small uh, mom and pop type businesses. And because of that, there will be projects that are three, five years that really should have only taken three months or six months to get off the ground. Wow. Because there was such a disconnect. And now that project spurs 10 other projects, but they don't have the resources. And it just turns into this whole thing that isn't great for any organization. Well, I think we've really covered the first two in that uh, segment. So bringing key tech leadership to the decision-making table is important and including IT staff and users when selecting new technology for the organization. They're going to use it. 
they need to be comfortable with it and know it. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, think, I think that's one of the things, if you can bring in your tech staff early, uh, to those types of discussions and really include them in that process, they're not there to just throw up roadblocks. Unfortunately, there are a lot of tech staff that sound very negative about everything. The reason they've become so negative is their entire career, or oftentimes a lot of their career, they've experienced people making decisions that affect them without having any input on what that means for them. Just who you're talking about. <laughs> right, exactly. So they left this, this giant problem and uh, not really a lot of resources to fix it. And so that's really kind of the thing. You want to make sure that those people feel included, but sometimes you also need somebody to help translate. You need somebody to help. They're, they're speaking a language nobody else understands. Yeah. And oftentimes they don't understand the challenges in an organization from a business perspective or uh, other organizational type challenges. And because there's this disconnect between those two worlds, they're not, they're not working harmoniously together. So. Yeah. Okay. So uh, people are important. So are metrics. One of the six common C-suite mistakes as it relates to tech is tracking tech metrics as well as sales metrics, which are often ignored and what kind of perspective do they bring? You know, one of the things that we see a lot in organizations is there is a lot of emphasis on data, as there should be, and they want to track things. You know, if I were to talk to your average uh, senior leadership position, whether they're in charge of sales and marketing, whether the CEO on down, you're going to find that those people understand where they are revenue-wise, profitability. They're going to understand other key financial metrics, human resource metrics, production metrics, they're going to understand those and they're going to be able to give you some, some good ideas of them right off the cuff. If I were to ask them some of the technology metrics that are super important, they're not going to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And that is all too often a red flag because that means they're not tracking potential roadblocks and problems in their technology. Most organizations have had a dramatic increase in the reliance on technology, but they haven't necessarily done the things to track do they have the resources to do that? Are they falling behind in certain areas because of that? Are they budgeting properly because of that? And because they don't have that, and again, because they're not bringing in the right people, taking a you know, 50,000 foot view with data about technology, not the emotional reaction, <laughs> but that, that actual reaction, I think that's the, the problem that we see all too often. Okay. Here's another one. Use the power of mobility for employee applications and access. How is mobility important? Well, obviously, since COVID, you know, it became really important to be able to let people work from anywhere. And obviously, there's a lot of businesses that are bringing people back into the office if they haven't already. Right. Um, but I think the really important part of that is business doesn't always just happen behind a computer. And without mobility, without having the right technology, without having the right applications, without having the right approach to it, I don't know how often I see people conducting a lot of business behind a smartphone, for example. Yeah. And if you're doing your business behind a smartphone, a tablet, it's not necessarily the work from home versus work in the office type perspective. It's that's all too often I see people in the office using those same things. 
or they may be at a client site and they're trying to take advantage of 15 minutes of downtime before they get to meet with their client. They're on the, the, the road warriors trying to do these things. And because of these different things, you want to make them as efficient as possible, no matter where they are or no matter how they're conducting their, their tasks. Mm -hmm. And to do that, you have to make mobility the center of, of your um, technology investment. Well, it sure seems to make sense that our minds go to the notion of, of working virtually, but you're right about the phones. And sometimes the phone component is not that easy to work with, is it? Right. And sometimes it's not even accessible, meaning there may be, there may be an app for that, Yeah, but that doesn't mean you can access it because maybe it's not set up correctly for the company's network and it doesn't make it easy to access. They can't just turn on the application. They have to first VPN in and then, then they can access it. And sometimes the VPN has challenges. There are easier and better ways to do these things that still provide the security needed, but also at the same time, aren't a situation where you're going to have um, people taking all these extra steps to, to make it happen. Well, at the risk of perhaps stating the obvious, there's a lot to know here and a lot to keep up with. Uh, one of the other common C-suite tech mistakes is prioritizing learning opportunities for tech staff. I think that means we often don't do that. How does a company prioritize what training they should pay for? You know, one of the things that I think is all too important is getting technology staff to the appropriate conferences, certification classes, to stay current on not just current technologies, but emerging technologies. You want your technology people not to necessarily set you up on the bleeding edge. That can be a red flag in and of itself. Hmm. But you want your technology people to understand the up and coming technologies so they know when it's appropriate to uh, introduce those into your organization so that they can help plan and develop that roadmap so that when that when that's appropriate, they can say, Hey, it's going to cost this much. It's going to take us this much time. It's going to take us this much in human resources to make it happen. And because of that, they're all more equipped, not just to handle um, new technologies that they want, but also new technologies that you may want in your organization so that they feel equipped when you, when you bring them something and say, Hey, we want to implement this. What is it going to take? Mm -hmm. They can go, well, because I've been learning about this, this, and this, um, but all too often, they're not given the appropriate budget to do that. And it's an investment. And it's always a scary investment for leaders and organizations. What if I train them and they leave? I always say, what if you don't train them and they stay? <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? And really, those folks, well, maybe I should ask it this way. Should we expect that those folks know what training they should be taking. I think it's got to be a collaborative thing. Of course you want their suggestions and you want to um, see what they're interested in, but you have to also make sure that you frame it in a way that they can help show how it meets company objectives. Those two things always don't line up. Right. Technology staff, and they've done it to themselves at times, have oftentimes been known for having pet projects, projects that are really more interesting to them than they are beneficial to the organization. <laughs> and that's why sometimes organizations have kind of pulled back from doing those types of trainings. I think you need to have a way that they can show the, the business value. 
Um, and I think that senior leadership, again, needs to be current enough on technology trends and or working with somebody to help them figure out what those technology trends are so that they can also realize what is good beneficial training for their staff and what may just be something that's somebody's favorite pet project. So if we were to offer an umbrella, higher view of uh, one of the solutions that's out there that maybe we skip over, it's to employ a top-down, comprehensive, organizational cybersecurity protocol. But certainly some of us may be using a piecemeal approach and that can be detrimental. Yeah, you know, cybersecurity obviously is all over in the news. Wow, it, yeah. It's important for every organization, no matter how small, no matter how large. Senior leadership in organizations really need to understand it's not just a, I'm going to buy this product and turn it on type approach anymore. It used to be a little bit more that way, but what worked 10 years ago doesn't work today. And it really requires uh, employee buy-in and training for everybody who uses any form of computer-based technology in your organization. It requires multiple types of technology. It's, it's a layered approach. You have to have multiple ways that you're trying to prevent and or detect people inside of your network that aren't supposed to be there. Um, so you have to have this multiple layered approach and then you have to have the, the resources to monitor that on a 24 by seven by 365 type approach. Yeah, And that doesn't always feel achievable for the small and medium business out there, but it really is. And it's also important because guess what? Hackers aren't sitting there going, you know what? I'm gonna try to hit them at 1 p.m. on Thursday. No, they're gonna hit you at 3 a.m. on a Sunday. Oof. And guess what? nobody's watching, nobody's paying attention. By the time you realize there's a problem, that is already bloomed into something else. So you have to have the type of approach where it's being monitored all the time, just like you would your physical premise and having um, an alarm for burglary. You have to have the same thing in your, in your network. And the network now means a lot. It's a lot bigger now than it used to be. Everybody's seen what the cloud has done in a positive way. Well, guess what? It's also made your network not just local to your business, but now it is in data centers across the world. So now you have monitoring not just of your stuff, but all of that cloud resources as well. And guess what? As good as the Amazon, Microsoft, Googles of the world are at trying to prevent cybersecurity issues, they're not necessarily looking at it for your individual organization. They're looking at it as a global thing for their whole infrastructure. Does it help? Yes. Does it prevent things? No. And that's a dangerous approach as well. Boy, that burglar alarm analogy put a light on in my own head about that. It's, it's like a burglar alarm. You have to be ready and alerted as soon as possible. Right. And you have to have somebody that can take uh, proactive measures if something happens, if Mike's laptop um, gets compromised in the middle of the night, you need somebody that can go, you know what, before this spreads to anybody else in the organization, we're shutting off. We're killing access to Mike's laptop. Yes, it may be a pain for Mike, mm -hmm. but guess what? All the other 50 employees in the organization, they're safe. The data is safe. It's that proactive approach and the stuff that happens in the times where you're your tech staff aren't doing that. They're not able to because guess what? They're probably not enough of them and they're sure not working at all hours of the night right. to do that. So, 
All right. Well, whether it's uh, cybersecurity or the overall comprehensive protocol that you may need to consider as you're trying to avoid the C-suite tech mistakes, AE Tech Design is ready to discuss these as it relates specifically to you. Roger and his team are ready to have that conversation. Roger for Warren, President, AE Tech Design. Thank you. Thank you so much, Richard. Thank you.